Uh, okay. Hi, you're listening to 88.1. Is that right? Let me try again. Uh, no, I can't remember. I'm not very good at, at reciting lines. It's, mean, it's, it's right where there. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do I say welcome back? If you want to. <laughs> this is so much pressure. This is the one thing I didn't study for for this test. <laughs> welcome back. You're listening to 88.3 FM, CKXU. Uh, I'm Bailey Kate, and you were just listening to Easy Steps, followed by Fog. Did I forget anything?
Hello, welcome everybody. Um, I hope you're having a fantabulous Friday afternoon. Um, this might be the first time you've heard my voice uh, on the radio at this time of day. And welcome. Uh, I hope that you find my voice, you know, bearable, manageable for the next hour. I'll be your host today. My name is You. That's my radio DJ name. Um, you. That might be really confusing for you because you're like, what? Um, what does that even mean? It's just an abbreviation. It's fine. And you're listening to The Eclectic. So The Eclectic is basically you talking to a bunch of people uh, a different guest host every single week this week i'm so excited to have a musician singer songwriter in the booth with us in fact the one who sung the song you just heard uh which was nighttime from her latest ep uh electric moments and uh yeah i'm i have known this person for a long time little did i know that she was a musician and here we are in the booth about to explore the ins and outs of her life um and you should stay tuned for the next week and the following week because we'll have other amazing inspirational uh people such as the guest that i have here today so without any further ado i'm going to introduce the guest and thank you if this is your first time tuning into ckxu 88.3 fm or if this is your first time tuning into the eclectic uh welcome to the family y'all so my next guest is a local singer songwriter from lethbridge uh and areas surrounding lethbridge and an educator by day she's teaching the next generation and it's fitting that today is international teacher recognition day according to google so i'm glad that she's here with us hmm, let's see here i have so many things to say so many notes uh bailey kate is her name seamlessly binds homegrown familiarity with delicate sonic complexity her introspective songwriting uh, evokes feelings of comfort in a world of light and dark and that was pulled from her website which you should go check out as well as her music which we will be uh, playing throughout the night she's a L alumni but came back to the university recently to perform uh, one of the biggest yearly music festivals held at the L, possibly the biggest music festival uh, in Lethbridge yearly uh, we call it Fresh Fest here, and with headliners this year like, you know, the Canadian Hip Hop Phenom Classified and Bryce Vine, Rhea May, so she played along them, just before them. And teacher by day, like I said, thriving musician. What more could be said about this amazing person who loves to give back to her, her community? And, um, hmm, I don't know where else to go from here other than welcome Bailey Cates, and how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Thank you very much for having me on here. Yeah. Uh, tell me about any and all those things that we just talked about. How uh, was the introduction and was it was it adequate uh, for, for your liking? Oh, yeah. It exceeded expectations. I'm not used to like hearing so much about myself while I'm sitting here. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So much needs to be said. Uh, maybe we could start with the song that we just heard. Mm -hmm. If you can walk us through... Um, I don't know, the inspiration behind the song. What is a song? And uh, electric moments, we'll maybe get into that. I don't know if there's any order to how you want to get into it, but let's just... That's okay. We can roll with it. Deep dive, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess that was a fitting first song to play um, because it was the first song that I ever wrote. Um, I didn't plan on writing a song. I started taking some voice lessons at Long & McQuaid um, during a, one of my last semesters that I didn't have a full course load. And... Uh, a few lessons and then my voice teacher said okay now you're gonna learn how to write a song it's like mm, I didn't really sign up for that when was, was like, this how, how many years ago um oh man what's the date stamp um 2000 
seventeen, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll go with that so that you okay. don't have to wait for me to think back to the exact time. Yeah. Um, I think around then, anyways, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. So, anyways, thought oh, I didn't really sign up for that. She's like, no, no, you you can do this, and so I dug very deep and tried to uh, write this song, but I always felt like I didn't really have anything important to say. Um, but I have always loved music. So anyways, uh, we kind of went through the process together and she helped me to refine it. And then after it was finished, then she said, okay, now you're going to perform it at an open mic. Mm. Mm. I also didn't sign up for wow. that. I just wanted to take what some voice lessons. What an inspiring teacher. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, want her. Yeah, she's fantastic. It's like the Coach Carter of voice singing. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Of like music. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah, she then encouraged me to go on and perform it, um, which was very nerve-wracking, but it turned out okay. Mm -hmm. Was Um, that your first live performance? mm -hmm. Yeah, it was at uh, Open Mic at the Owl. Yeah. And it went well, I'm I'm assuming? You kept kept going at it, so... It it went better than the next one that I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, maybe this isn't so bad after all, even though I was like shaking the whole time that I had performed and the next time I did an open mic was at the slice and and uh, mid-song I I forgot the words to a cover that I was doing and that uh, felt pretty awful <laughs> to like do I do I stop or do I keep going <laughs> now that I've made this mistake oh no um, but then after that things started to go more smoothly and I didn't do any more open mics but I did more performances so <laughs> so you had to stop for a little bit after that little tad yeah what you thought was embarrassment, but how did you improvise from that? Where did you go? Did you just keep playing? Even well, I took a pause. Took a pause and uh, didn't didn't do anything for what felt like an eternity at the at the time. But uh, yeah, then just like a couple couple beats, and then just kept playing. So it mm-hmm. turned out to be okay. Dang! <laughs> and here you are performing a fresh fest. Like, yeah, wasn't that so <laughs> hype? How was that experience for you? Oh, it was really fantastic. Um, Like, everybody was really nice to work with, and it was actually our first performance as a full band. Um, Typically, I would just perform by myself or with my boyfriend, Joel, um, or uh, my friend, Dylan, who also has been accompanying me sometimes. But, uh, yeah, we roped together a full band because it seemed like a a very special occasion, Mm -hmm. and it was really awesome. So, yeah, it was super fun. Mm -hmm. Wow. Did you get to mingle with uh, the other artists as well that performed before and after? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was fun. Nice. Uh, My my question was more specifically, did you get to meet LMA? Did you get a a signature or whatever um, autograph from Bryce Vine or Classified? No, I I didn't do that. It was was just nice to be able to watch them like from backstage, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And music, when you said you've always had music in your life to Mm -hmm. some capacity when did you uh get into music as an agent as the uh active agent in creating some kind of music was that in 2017 probably before that because uh slightly slightly before that i guess um like i when i was growing up i took years of piano lessons which didn't really stick uh (laughs) but uh, i i was always participating in that um and then when i was in i think middle school at some point um, I took a little bit of guitar lessons and and that was about it and then when I was in university I wanted to apply for a summer camp job um, working at a camp in central Alberta for adults with developmental disabilities and one of the things 
I had a friend that worked there, and, and she said one of the things that kind of helped uh, people land a job there was having some musical talent. And so I thought, well, I took guitar lessons, I guess, like many years ago. And so I started practicing like Ring of Fire and, and Campfire songs and that kind of thing. Um, and then once I got that job, then I had to start performing for these groups of people that were visiting our camp. And uh, sometimes it would be Sometimes it would actually be around the campfire, but other times we had this thing called a wally wagon. So it was like a tractor, and then you it pulled this big uh, trailer. <laughs> and you're on the trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you had to sit in the back trailer with all of these guests uh, for 20 to 45 minutes and entertain them while, <laughs> while you were in there. Um, so it uh, I, you kind of just had to jump right in, whether you were ready or not. And sometimes they were listening, and sometimes they weren't, but that kind of helped... Uh, get the practice needed to not be so nervous about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked at that job for three summers. And then on the, uh, during my second summer um, is when I had my very first uh, house show, I guess, that I played. So I was like practicing up while I was there to like come back to Lethbridge and play that house show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of where it started is like playing at a camp. Mm-hmm. The house show was before the open mic? Oh, that's a good question. What is the timeline of this? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd done the open mics first. Yeah, I'd done the open mics first, and then I did the house show uh, with my friend Max Hopkins. And then uh, my boyfriend... Max Hopkins, who also performed at Fresh Fest, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah, kind of full circle there. Yeah. Max has been a good friend for quite a while. So, yeah, it was uh, at a house show at the flat with him. Um, and he had invited me to play. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have, I wasn't at that point seeking out those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to have a friend that was already in that environment that was inviting me in. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where it started. And then I just started doing a few more house shows. Um, and then I guess last year in January, playing my first actual show at the Owl. Mm. So <clears throat> what has been your favorite venue event? Um, that you performed at? Hmm. That's a really tough question, I guess, because everything's been so unique. Like, I love I love playing at the Owl. I've only done it a couple times, but um, I, I love attending shows there and, and being part of that community, and so being able to play there feels really nice um, and to be able to contribute to the musical community in, in that way. Um, it was super awesome playing at Fresh Fest because of like the sound quality and like being on a big stage. That was like a, a first f- with that one. Um, first of maybe many. Maybe, hopefully. You're just getting the whole list of all the types of environments I've played mm-hmm. in because I'm really indecisive and I can't pick one. Each seem to have their, you know, pros and cons and yeah. what you like about them. I, I imagine the intimacy of like a smaller event is really nice. And yeah. Like, the feedback in that sense. and Totally. So I've actually, like, I've got to play a couple art events as well, like an art opening at um, Street Legal, and that was, like, a very intimate environment as well. And I just, uh, a couple weeks ago, or last week, one of those two, I got to play at Casa during the uh, gallery stroll. That was very cool, too. There was lots of reverb in there uh, to work with. And then Mm. one of my favorites, I guess, also is uh, playing a hometown show um, this year. Uh, at the end of summer was the second year that we'd done it. Um, but it, it's at uh, like a family friend's house and they have this antique house in the back of their 
yard. And it, it used to be a granary that they moved, but they cleaned it all out and they filled it um, with antiques and set it up like a real house. And it has a balcony on the front. And so they would put like lamps and lights and everything there and then invite the community to come and watch and have lots of like snacks and food and everything. And uh, so the first time that we did it last summer was, um, it was a really unique experience because I didn't do a lot of musical performing when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And so then to be able to like go back to all of these like community members that I grew up around, be like, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Like this is one of my passions. And and to be able to share that with them Mm -hmm. um, was really nice to like reconnect in that way. Um, Yeah, and so that has also been a really fun environment aside from like having to continue to play a song while you know that there's like a mosquito somewhere on you and you like can't (laughs) stop playing (laughs) you have to keep going suffer through it yeah so outdoor outdoor events are really beautiful oftentimes but they come with their own challenges (laughs) depending on the season the time of year where it's at yeah Yeah. but hometown was exceptional yeah yeah and where exactly is your hometown i forget now um it's called Hayes. it's like an hour and a half from lethbridge so i went to school there um up until grade nine and then we transferred to Vauxhall that gives any like reference point to where Hayes is it's mm-hmm. a hamlet so sometimes people don't know where it is mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. wow um and you talked about your summer job and how that was really uh, impactful in your development as a as a young musician mm-hmm. was that probably the best summer job you've ever had oh yeah have you had any embarrassing not em- uh, embarrassing is the wrong word have you had <laughs> any not so fun summer or jobs and I don't know if it's appropriate to name those jobs, but... Uh, well, I can tell you all about Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Tell us about my, it. My very first summer job was like like the opposite of glamorous. It was working at a, a pig barn that was down the road. So I would like bike there. I think I was in grade eight or something like that. I would like bike down the gravel road, which is a challenge in itself, mm-hmm. and uh, and work there, like just helping with feeding and then like some renovations, which I was like not super good at. But I would just get one simple job, like uh, use the drill and like unscrew these these screws on the roof. And I lost so many drill bits and screws. And yeah, I don't think I was like the ideal employee for that <laughs> job. But I was super appreciative for the opportunity. <laughs> and so and it was all fired. up from there. <laughs> it was all up from there. Yeah. Nice, nice. And here you are as a teacher. And I understand uh, that, you know, you've always kind of had this nature about you, you striving to get that job with, uh, the summer camp with kids with disabilities and whatnot. And, um, when did you know that you wanted to be a teacher? And, uh, yeah. It wasn't exactly like something that I had always worked towards. Um, I'd thought of lots of different careers I wanted as I was growing up, like, uh, a vet, even though I hate blood, um, or like a fashion designer or a hairdresser or whatever. Um, but I think it was in high school when I was tutoring some of my peers or helping them with assignments and things like that um, and being able to explain it and, and have them understand it that I thought, well, I guess I could be a teacher. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then after I decided that that's what I, what I would uh, pursue, then I was always super passionate about, about reaching that goal and yeah. So Mm -hmm. it didn't like begin with like a lot of uh, excitement or passion, but it it has reached that point, I guess. (laughs) Mm. It has reached that point. Do you think it's really a matter of 
doing that thing and being in that environment and, you know, going along your degree uh, and here in Lethbridge is five years for, for, uh, for a degree combined. You get a, a teaching degree and uh, whatever it is that you your undergrad was yeah, yeah. pertaining to. Mm-hmm. Um, is it really just if you're not sure about what you want to do later in life, you just start doing it and seeing it, see if it's right for you. And now you're at a point where you've been teaching for quite a few months, maybe a couple of years now, mm-hmm. having done a succession of practicums as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was there any point along the way where you might have lost that imposter syndrome that a lot of people kind of <laughs> talk about where they're like, I'm in this teaching position, but I'm not too sure if I'm qualified because I don't have too many years of experience because I was just in this exact same spot like a couple years, <laughs> couple years ago. Uh, when did you start to identify as a teacher? Or if you were to talk to maybe your younger self, be like, you know, yo, be more confident. You're going to mm-hmm. be an educator soon. Uh, or if you're uncertain, just know this. Mm-hmm. Um. I think to some extent I'm still, yeah, I, I don't know how, mu- how much the imposter syndrome wears off, like, because you're always, there's always, like, areas to grow and change and learn, um, and so I certainly don't think that I've reached the point of expert or, or anything, or anywhere close to that, um, but I guess, like, I've been teaching, this is my, hmm, I've been teaching for a year and a half, so I'm kind of, like, in between I've almost been teaching for two years. Um, And I guess at some point last year with my second class, because I had started um, in February of the year prior, uh, sometime last year I started to feel a bit more uh, sure about my abilities to to teach and that kind of thing. But uh, it's, it's a career that's constantly changing, which I guess maybe... Maybe there are lots of careers that are constantly changing, but in anything that you're dealing with, with people and, and children especially, um, no two days are the same mm-hmm. <laughs> and no child is the same. And so, yeah, there's still still lots to learn for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also like uh, went through having different goals for myself as a teacher as I was going through my education. And so I started out wanting to be a high school math teacher. Mm-hmm. And then after doing a couple of middle school and high school practicums, decided that I would like to try lower elementary. And then I did a kindergarten and grade one practicum and that felt right. And so that's why I've been teaching grade one uh, since. So uh, finding the, the, the proper grade level, I think for me, or, or proper area also helped make me feel more confident because mm-hmm. it felt like a good fit mm-hmm. yeah gotcha yeah just a matter of experiencing and then trying new things out you yeah, figure yeah. out what you want to do i think there's an equation to it if i was to like put my thumb on like what is it that um you need to do to figure out what your passion is and definitely and realize that oh yes it is teaching that's mm-hmm. what i was meant to do mm-hmm. um is and i don't know many people that have their passions already figured out uh in their youth or in their younger years uh, but we feel expected to have to make that decision Mm -hmm. at any given time and maybe i'm speaking from personal experience and i definitely am i feel like it's a mix of if you were to uh, put it into an equation uh sure time equals practice equals experience but also if you add on top of that um some kind of challenge and uh a sense of connection or a sense that this is purposeful in mm. for for you in your life or purposeful in the grander scheme of things where you get you get to impact other people mm-hmm. uh creates a sense of 
passion. So I think teaching has so many of those, all of those boxes it checks off where mm-hmm. you have that impact with uh, the, 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 t- the kids and you have that challenge aspect where you're having to adapt and change every year to, uh, to different things and to each student. And um, over time, you gain a sense of mastery. And with those three things, then it's like, boom, I'm passionate. I mm-hmm. feel like this is what I was meant to do. Would you agree with that? Yeah, or I think so. It? That brings two things to mind. One of them is, I guess, one of the times that I realized that uh, that it was like the perfect fit is once I started teaching and, and uh, I was doing my prep work at the end of the day or whatever and, and realizing that I was like getting paid to be at my job and I had I couldn't believe it actually like because after you do your practicums and you spend mm-hmm. so much time in the classroom um, I, I loved to be there um, but I couldn't believe that like like what? that I was getting paid, paid to, to be to there yeah like, I love it I, I would <laughs> so do was, without getting paid but now here I am getting paid yeah what? and so I mean I like don't necessarily always draw the line at like how much time I should be spending on my career I, I am still working on finding a balance um, but the fact that I want to continue spending a lot of my time uh, mm-hmm. trying to be better for myself and be better for my students than that uh, tells me that it's really important to me mm-hmm. I guess and I forget the other thing that I was going to say so <laughs> I can't tell you the second one <laughs> <laughs> dang don't you just hate it when you're having such a good conversation you forget all the things you wanted to say yeah I get that I get that so also if you were to take that same equation and apply it to music right mm-hmm. where you have uh, a nice challenge and it's more so maybe a personal challenge right and mm-hmm. like improving your craft and um uh, improving on your skills and, and getting to be a better artist, learning how to express yourself better. There's so many different ways that you can find challenge within that. Some kind of growing aspect of the industry that coincides with your growing as well, personally. Mm-hmm. So it's always a project in that sense. And then there's the part where you feel impact, uh, where you feel some kind of connection to uh, the people that you're performing to, or even music itself, because music is such a powerful uh, thing. Um so describe what you would, uh, how would you describe this impact in, in terms of like how you relate, your relatedness to music, your relationship with music, has it grown, changed, evolved since you've started uh, this path of s- singing and writing songs? Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I think like because I was always a music lover growing up, like um, I always had like a long bus ride and I would listen to my iPod the whole time or I guess before I had an iPod, my my Discman <laughs> or my Walkman. Whoa, <laughs> like, throwback. <laughs> yeah, so uh, music has always been a really big part of my life. Did you ever carry a boombox with you? No, I did no. not. <laughs> I did not have enough arms for that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like I, I've always enjoyed music so much and and listening to it. And then I guess a few years ago, Um, I guess it was my second year when I was in Lethbridge. I kind of just made a life decision that uh, I wanted to spend more time uh, doing things that I love and and not uh, necessarily engaging in some of the habits that you do when you're in college or university. Um, Spending more time with hobbies and meeting people through that and finding common ground and and building strong relationships because you have things in common with those people. Mm -hmm. So Um, really immersing yourself in in people that are also into music. Yeah, then I decided to really like start showing up for more shows and and connecting with people in that way. And then I, um, 
I guess I just really appreciated the community aspect of music in Lethbridge. And, and then once I was able to uh, develop the tools, which didn't happen all by myself, that was with my voice teacher and uh, my boyfriend, Joel, he is like an avid musician and has helped to grow that area of myself as well. Um, just connecting with people that music is really important for them gave me the tools to kind of start contributing to the musical community. So it wasn't so much that I was like, I have something really important to say and everybody needs to hear it or I want to be noticed or or any or show off these like these things that I've been working on like that wasn't really the goal it was just like to be more a part of the community and have something to contribute I guess it's crazy the impact that community has yeah right Uh uh-huh it's crazy that when you surround yourself with a certain group that you tend to change and morph into um the culmination of all their kind of like shared values and Mm -hmm. beliefs and here you are becoming uh an amazing musician along the lines (laughs) of all the people you just named like you know max hopkins and uh joel your boyfriend Mm -hmm. who's 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 performed with you and does he have his own um kind of solo shtick too or well he is a part of many projects. Mm. He he loves to be a part of projects, and he's very good at practicing and 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 uh, adding unique things to that. Um, I guess for a time period, he had his own project. Um, it was called Field Holler, and it was a instrumental <laughs> band, and uh, and it it didn't uh, stand the test of time because of members uh, coming and going, kind of. Um, and so he decided to take a break from it and, and hoped, I think, to return to it one day. Um, but it did get a decent amount of attention for like being something that wasn't like, um, what everybody else was doing and, and the fact that it it didn't happen for a really long time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that was his kind of passion project for that time. But since then he's, um, he plays with the Silk Stones. Um, he sometimes plays bass for the Moon Runners, who are from Saskatchewan, um, and we also have a member of their band in in uh, my band, Logan Amon. Uh, he plays bass for us. Um, what else is Joel a part of? Uh, John, so many things. John Martin and Lovers. Joel, is come like on my new... show is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Like, oh, I'll see you here sometime. <laughs> he did ask me if I was going to mention him today. So. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> a huge shout out. Yeah. Um, I want to get into another song. Oh, what song should we play next? Uh, easy Steps, I guess. Easy Steps. Let's do it. All right. Easy Steps by Bailey Kate.
welcome back. You're listening to 88.3 FM, CKXU. Uh, I'm Bailey Kate, and you were just listening to Easy Steps, followed by Fog. Did I forget anything? That's beautiful. That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you for bringing us back. Yeah, and if you don't know where you're at, what you're listening to, this is uh, The Eclectic, hosted by yours truly. And I'm um, here with Bailey Kate, and she was the, uh, the, the, the creator, the author behind those two beautiful, brilliant songs. Um, and we're going to find out, what the heck were you thinking when you wrote those songs, is <laughs> my way of asking. Tell me about those songs. Okay, okay. <laughs> so the first one, Easy Steps. Um, um, well, I had written some other songs uh, and decided that a common theme was that they were kind of sad and slow. I thought, oh, nobody can jam to a sad and slow song. I need to write one that's more exciting. And so I... But uh, sad and slow is the first thing that comes to yeah. comes to mind for you when writing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it just feels kind of like cliche to like talk about happy things i don't know why i don't know if that's just mm. like a me problem or like a society problem or mm. or what but like putting those like really nice moments into words uh feels a lot more uh is it harder i think so really yeah and putting sad things into words i think to make it sound negativity bias yeah taking form right here <laughs> sorry that's my the psych side of me coming uh, out, oh but, fair enough yeah you know, i feel you yeah i mean adele just huge career out of making sad songs yeah. the, the sadder the better uh-huh. the more people can resonate with it yeah but that's not the intention behind it you're just writing whatever comes easiest and that happens to be the easiest yeah. thing that comes to mind and i think it's a lot easier for me to like talk about uh happy moments with other people and and i guess get that out of my system uh with my peers um, as opposed to uh, talking about more personal things than than being able to like put it into words into us like in a song um, then you can articulate it properly and and ha- open up that conversation uh, a little easier than if you're trying to tell somebody else about those like sad things that you're feeling or those like frustrations that you can't really put words to on the spot I guess mm-hmm. so that might be where that comes from too but anyways easy oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what what no did that worries. make you think of? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I was going to ask you, what is your like uh, most vivid memory in terms of either um, the saddest or the happiest that you're thinking of one day turning into uh, another song <laughs> or that you just fondly go back to and revisit if it's the happiest and i'm sure if it's not that if it's on the other end then something that like you're like oh man this (laughs) is a great thing to write a song about or want to avoid well this is like i guess kind of sidestepping your question in that um when I I'm sidestepped your question, <laughs> so we're just sidestepping. We're just doing a little dance here. We're not talking to each other. We're just <laughs> both talking. <laughs> um, I, I have a harder time uh, writing songs about, about like an actual event um, and, and putting that event into words. Um, I more so find it easier to talk about like a, to work through a feeling. I guess, and so if it's that, if it's like a feeling of inadequacy or a feeling of indecisiveness or um, loneliness or, or things like that, it's like easier to to put that into words, I guess. So I I haven't exactly explored like, oh, this was the best day ever. I need to write a song about it. Um, it's more just like a compilation of like 
times that I've been feeling that feeling and what was kind of like around or or what were the thoughts that I was having. Yeah. So not mm-hmm. so much like the perfect day or, or the worst day, but uh, how was I feeling and, and what were other times that I was feeling that as well. And like taking those moments and a lot of times I, I don't necessarily sit down to... <clears throat> write a song with a certain point I've I've uh, kind of had like a running record of uh, writing things in my phone just uh, narrating small moments I guess and and then when I'm ready to write a song then uh, coming back to those notes and seeing which of those moments fit together uh, and so it might not paint a picture exactly but to me I can think back to what each one of those moments were if that makes sense that makes sense yeah and along your writing process, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night um, in some kind of like a feverish cold sweat, like, <laughs> I have a great idea, and write that down? <laughs> or is it just life happenings throughout the day? Uh, and like you said, varied in like, you know, different times and circumstances and experiences. Because I just had a, a another artist here on the show uh, a couple months ago, and he said that like the amount of times that he's... Um, you know, at night uh, or after a good sleep or um, in the middle of a sleep, woken up and had uh, a lot of inspiration from that. My sleep is much too valuable to be interrupted by ideas. (laughs) So I haven't really uh, woken up with any good ideas, but I would say um, that a lot of times my songs have come to me and or have come together in moments of feeling inspired i can't Mm -hmm. necessarily just like sit down and 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 force it um but it'll be in times that i'm alone or um a lot of times while i'm driving um that i will think of something uh that i think i could turn into a song or something like that but like yeah a lot of time spent uh driving long distances and and uh spending time with myself mm. i guess is when usually the <clears throat> ideas come to me when things get quiet yeah when you're in the right environment yeah there's some kind of like heightened sense of like things connecting and like creativity coming when you're in certain spaces mm-hmm. uh, that generate this like i don't know this 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 just flow state is what they call it i think yeah right yeah Driving, I think, does that for me, too, where I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I just had another great... I-, I need to write this down, but I can't I can't stop. I'm on the highway, <laughs> and I'm going 200 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when I was working at my summer job that was in central Alberta, I had lots of weekends that I would be driving back to Lethbridge. Um, so that's like four hours of driving um, where I could spend that time just with myself. Um, and then last year... When I was teaching out in Tabor, I had a 45-minute drive to and from school. And so that was a lot of time that I could spend thinking and and being alone with my thoughts, I guess. And now I have a much shorter commute, and I'm really missing that time spent in a vehicle, uh, which I did not think that I would miss. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh, going back now, we're going to backtrack. We're going to find our way back to what we were talking about. <laughs> Um, you would ask me what I thought of Easy Steps, and I'm the type of person when I listen to a song, I I, I listen to I the first time around, the couple times, the couple uh, first listens are mainly just like the general 
uh, how does the song make me feel? Mm-hmm. And I don't really listen to the lyrics too much per se. And so generally speaking, Easy Steps makes me feel really good. Like I like the song. Uh, that's probably my favorite song of the entire album. Um, and so that's my answer to that, to that question. And, <laughs> and then before that, um, Easy Steps and then followed by Flow, did you have anything else to add in terms of the process or what's to come in Easy Steps, Flow? I like I guess since we've put out Electric Moments like the EP um, we've written one more song and it it uh, also is a little bit more upbeat the the subject matter of it isn't like (laughs) um, Easy Steps is like a love song I guess and so it is in general more like uplifting Um, but I'm trying to be able to uh, write songs that sound uh that I can kind of pick the way that they sound instead of just like, well, this is what came out. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I guess that's what to co- what's to come is hopefully more songs that are like more purposefully crafted, I guess, instead of just trying to write a song, like whatever I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess it takes time to develop a craft and, and there's people that work their whole lives and they, they change their style many times throughout their career. And that's beautiful. Talking about crafts and all the things that you've learned during this whole endeavor, uh, from producing, uh, writing and uh, having that EP produced. And then you're going to be releasing that album in the near future. Um, I hope I didn't drop that bomb unintentionally for you. <laughs> I think you've mentioned that on radio, right? You did mention that. This is the first time we're mentioning that. I think it's the first time, but that's okay. It's a good thing to mention. <laughs> yeah, so we just we just have our EP out right now, um, Electric Moments, and it uh, was not something that we set out to release exactly. Um, it came from playing a show um, at the Owl in January, and then... Uh, John Martin, he runs the Green Recording Studio uh, in town here, and his band, The New Weather Machine, was playing that night, and he had asked after the show if we had anything recorded. Um, and we said, nope, like, we just, Joel and I, we just play whenever we can kind of thing, which hadn't been a whole lot. And uh, so he said, well, you should, like, we should maybe record some demos or something like that for you. And... Uh, I thought about it for a couple of weeks and then messaged him and asked if we could meet to kind of decide what that would look like. And cause I, I didn't know I, I was very new to it and, and I still am. Um, but anyway, so we met and decided like set some goals, um, and everything. And, and then looked at our calendar about when we could meet to record these demos. And we're all very busy people as many people are and, uh, decided that, uh, what about tomorrow? And so tomorrow, yeah, <laughs> that gives you no time to get ready. What? Yeah. So uh, Joel and I, we ran through the songs once at home or almost all of the songs once at home. And then uh, like the next day, and then we went into the studio and we ran through each song twice uh, live with both of us playing and then decide like we kind of decided as a group that it went really well. And so we thought, well, we maybe we should just put it out as an EP. Um, so that happened really fast. It did happen really fast faster than I think it normally should or could or whatever. (laughs) Like we were very lucky. I mean, like Joel's really talented and, and John is really talented. And, and so they, they made it really easy for me, I think. Um, but yeah, so we just took the best take kind of, of, of those and, and didn't do any overdubs or anything, just kind of put out a raw form of what it was that we were working on, um, just at that moment. And, so it's been really nice to have content out. It 
like we were talking about the imposter syndrome earlier with with teaching and I definitely have been experiencing that in music as well um mm. and so it's like well I don't know I guess now you can I can call myself a musician because I have <laughs> I have an EP I don't know <laughs> Um, but no, you need your first studio album yeah. before you can call yourself a musician. You need your first, you know, top charting hit yeah, yeah. <laughs> before you can call yourself a musician. Yeah, no, you yeah, are maybe, a musician. Maybe someday in the future I will be a musician. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But so we've just been been enjoying uh, sharing that with the world and and booking more shows. I guess be- because of it, maybe or, or just being in the scene more a little bit. But yeah, so we have been working towards uh, full band full-length album and our our full band includes uh, Joel Gray on guitar and Dylan Wagner on guitar and Logan Amon on bass and then we've been working with a couple different drummers um, everybody is so busy and so mm-hmm. it's hard for somebody to commit to uh, adding another project on top of their very busy lives and stuff but we've been working with some really awesome drummers too but yeah so anyways um, that's our our full band plan we did our our first show uh, all together as a full band at Fresh Fest, which felt really awesome to have um, all of those musical layers added into the songs and turning them into something, I guess not turning them into something different, but just enhancing them, I think. I'm a little bit biased where I think like me by myself, imposter syndrome, uh, me by myself is boring. And when you add more like in more experienced musicians into it then it makes it better that's what I think but uh, yeah so we've been adding them in and then we have started recording our first uh, full band single I guess and that will be electric or it will be easy steps Um, we've just done the rhythm section so far right now and we're looking to book some more time to add the other parts into it so I can't say that soon it will be coming out but Mm-hmm. Sometime in the future, it will be. So that will mm-hmm. be really awesome to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And along the way, you've learned, I'm sure, a lot of valuable lessons and uh, gained some new skills and um, have been able to jam out and um, make every song uh, that we've heard so far, even though they are amazing in themselves and, and very well done and, like you said, still raw, in a sense, uh, into something that is to come uh, and, and, and slightly, uh, would you say intensified uh, a little mm-hmm. bit more? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what are some things that you've had to, um, learn along the way that you've, uh, that was, that would, that were challenging in a sense to, to, to kind of endure, to learn or to go through. I mean, you had to create a website. Your website, by the way, is really well made, well written. Uh, the about page. I'm a fan. Are you a writer? Did you write that? That's cool. Uh, it was kind of a collaborative effort. Uh, Joel is really fantastic at writing those th- things and and putting putting it into words, I guess. So mm-hmm. he played a large role in that. But nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so what were some challenges along the way? The biggest ones that you faced so far? Hmm. I guess getting over nerves in, in general mm. and like feeling thing. feeling so self conscious when everybody's watching you, <laughs> like being scared of making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like gaining confidence in in being up on stage and and delivering what you have brought to deliver um hmm. mm-hmm. and then also 
I'll let you think about maybe some more <laughs> challenges, or you could answer the next question, which is what are some what, what's some advice that you would give to your younger self about those challenges? Because I'm sure you've just in, in learned from repeatedly going out there and being in front of so many eyes and mm-hmm. and, and performing. Uh, but what were some valuable, maybe were they tricks or uh, mental um, notes that maybe some some mantras or words that you speak to yourself <laughs> before going on stage? I don't know, break a leg? Is that enough for most people nowadays? Because I feel like that wouldn't in, entice <laughs> me to, to get up in front of thousands of people and perform. I mostly have to like not think about it. Like I can kind of psych myself out if I think about it too much and it makes me nervous. So it just has to it just has to happen and and get up there and and do your thing and i guess before that happens you have to practice and be like well rehearsed um and then once you're up there um making sure that if you do make a mistake you just move on and that you're not like dwelling on the fact that you made a mistake and you kind of are able to like cover it up if you just keep going kind of thing um yeah so that's really important is to be able to move on and and not let mistakes that you make kind of bring you down or get in your head, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Mm. Good answer. Good <laughs> answer. Um, my last, not my last question, but we'll do this version of like a speed round where we ask. Oh, no. Consecutive. <laughs> and there's no actual time limit. It's self-imposed. And don't, <laughs> I really, we're just going to continue questioning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what are some... Uh, artists, musicians, or uh, people that inspire you uh, or that lend themselves to your uh, craft in terms mm-hmm. of inspiration? It is very hard to narrow it down to a short list. So I can list people off and you just stop me whenever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Andy Schaff is like a really fantastic musician that I listen to lots. Um, he can just articulate a moment so well and like the feelings of a moment so well. Um, and then lots of the people on my list, there's actually lots of like girl power kind of on, on my playlists, uh, lately. Um, there's Margaret Glassby who is able to, uh, have such a nice balance of like being raw and, and kind of rough around the edges. Uh, maybe that's not the way, the right way to describe it, but raw and, and also like gentle and beautiful at the same time. Um, and then along those same lines, Adrian Lanker and, and her project with Big Thief. I really like their music. Um, and then there's also f- uh, Phoebe Bridgers and... Which one of these people are like your number one role model? Number one. It's really hard to narrow. Oh, and also Julia Jacqueline. I have to mention that as well. Her stuff is so nice. Um, and Feist. Oh, my goodness. I... I think okay. so <laughs> I don't many. know. It's Everybody. so hard to decide. Feist, I mean, she is like just like the ultimate embodiment of like a creator. She and so I, I guess she would maybe be at the top. Although I do model a lot of my like guitar rig every time I see something like Margaret Glassby. She has a pretty pared down rig. Um, but there are like certain pedals or amps that she uses that I've like sought out because I wanted to sound like her, I guess. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's next in developing your passion, hobby, interest, passion project, craft, <laughs> uh, yourself? So many synonyms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I guess just continuing to play and, and yeah, uh, taking the opportunities that are given to me and, and really capitalizing on them, uh, saying yes to things and, um, continuing to try and stretch myself as a creator, I guess. And, and even though in the past, the way that I've written songs is waiting, like, you know, taking notes and then waiting for the day that I feel like there's something there, um, being able to harness that a little bit more into a routine so that I can, uh, be creating things more frequently and, um, how do you yeah. how do you manage to balance that? Do you know you like your whole two careers <laughs> all at once? What is the most important thing in terms of balance for you? Oh how boy. How do you maintain that? I'm not very good at maintaining balance right now, so <laughs> I don't have any expert advice. Um but a lot of times it's teaching during the week and then uh music on the weekends or in the summers and that kind of thing or over breaks. Um I I guess I've been forcing myself into balancing it more by booking shows while I'm teaching, kind of before I would make sure that I wasn't playing many shows while I was teaching because it it's pretty exhausting to have like a full-time job and, and one that requires so much time and effort and prep outside of the actual job and mm. then adding on <clears throat> to it something else that requires time and effort and practice and now working with a band, um, coordinating with their schedules as well. And so there are times when a show is coming up and, and we have to set practices that are during the week and like after school. And that is pretty exhausting for me right now. But I think like the more that I do it, the easier it will get. And I think the more frequently you practice, the easier it is to practice too. So it's not like such a hard push to get things all together. Mm -hmm. So so frequency. You, you can't procrastinate or no. clump this all together. No, it's got to be like a routine weekly, yeah. like occasional mm -hmm. practice sessions. Yeah, Which is good for me because I am by nature a procrastinator. So it's oh, like nice. forcing me out of my ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Learning new life skills all the time. Yeah. That's what life's all about. <laughs> Bailey Kate, you've been... An amazing guest host. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, I'm so, so happy for the opportunity. I have never been on the radio before, so it's nice Whoa. to have somebody that wants to listen to me talk <laughs> for this long. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, listeners, for staying tuned in throughout the hour. Uh, again, you're, tuned, you're listening uh, on CKXU 88.3 FM, uh, located on traditional Blackfoot territory here at the University of Lethbridge. You could have listened to us on many different places, ways, uh, on the dial 88.3 or on TELUS TV channel 7084. But most importantly, we're streaming online wherever you can find internet at ckcu.com. And thank you to the eclectic listeners on our podcast. This is uh, our first of many eclectic episodes that will be available uh, on any podcast platform wherever you listen to them and make sure that you hit the subscribe button uh if available you could leave uh a comment i'm, I'm i think you could do that on itunes but uh not yet on spotify something like that anyways you know you could reach out to me wherever anywhere um again this was a nice hour here with bailey kate and bailey where, where do they reach you uh where can they find you you have a website what is that website and secondly your handles and all that stuff all right. Uh, 
my website is baileycatemusic.com. I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you type that in, you'll at least get close. <laughs> Google is a I don't great have to, thing. I don't have to rattle my website off very often. So, <laughs> um, And you can listen to my music on Bandcamp. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, all of those streaming places. Um, oh, you! if you want to listen to us live, you will be able to hear us on October 26th playing at the Owl with uh, my friend Travis Matthews coming down from Edmonton and another artist from Calgary named Laura Hickley. Um, so that's going to be our next live performance. And then I guess if you miss that one, which you shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't even give you an alternative date, <laughs> but we're also, and also, we're also going to be playing on November 16th with uh, our friend Drake's band Webb. Uh, also at the Owl. So we're looking forward to those things. I think that's all the places that you can find me. Oh, Instagram handle, baileycato3. Nice. And we're going to leave you with one last song. Is there anything to be said regarding said song? Electric Moments. Oh, it's the title track of our of our EP that's out. Um, it's a little bit slower than the other songs, but... Uh, I, yeah, I hope that, that you enjoy it still. It, it, it's more experimental, I guess. Uh, so that was exciting to do. Everything about this is so exciting. <laughs> and enjoy the rest of your evening, day, morning, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. Stay tuned for the next Radio Hour uh, programming here on CKXU. And I will see y'all next week with another new episode of The Eclectic with a new guest host. Uh, and once again, thank you, Billy Kate, for making this hour so amazing. Thank you.
electric moments with nothing to show. Electric moments, I wanna go home. Burning old tapes in my mind as I shed. Moments with nothing to show. Electric moments. I wanna go Electric moments with nothing to show. Electric moments, I wanna go home. Electric moments with nothing to show. Electric moments, I wanna go home.